So I'm Dave Mohavich. I'm uh, the husband of but one wife and the father of but two children. Uh, I'm uh, have finished a whole amazing amount of coursework, and they want they want me to write some sort of little paper before they actually give me a doctorate. But beyond that, I'm um, done. Uh, I'm uh, have been uh, uh, a professor at Bethel. Uh, in public health nursing and cultural diversity in healthcare are my um, themes, uh, my, my teaching responsibilities at, at Bethel University. And I want to talk about sustainable and reproducible community health and development. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the philosophy of the organizations involved. I want to highlight the history of the Ugandan staff, what the community impact has been. Um, the board, some of the leadership in Uganda, and then the um, missionary involvement. And for my, I was worried that I would talk too long, and so I just rearranged those within the last hour, half hour. So there might, but that's the order that it ought, ought to be um, based in. And I th hopefully all the slides flow that way. Close your eyes. Take your mind to a place that's really peaceful for you, really comforting, comfortable. It's, I don't know if it's by a stream, you can hear the, hear the brook, the bubbling. It's out in the, in the woods. It's, it's up on a mountain. Just take yourself to a really, really quiet, quiet place. Close your eyes and listen to this poem. And we're going to deconstruct it um, a little bit. I'll try to get through the poem without, you know, tearing up and, and crying and stuff, but uh, bear with me if, if I break up uh, a little bit. So I'm going to be, be quiet and, and get in that, that, that place with Christ and with, uh, in, in, a, in a quiet, quiet place. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty back together again. Just let the sadness, the waves of emotion flow over you, if you can avoid from laughing. have an experience and you've got to think about it. You've got to reflect on it. You've got to deconstruct it. What might Humpty represent? Any ideas? What, 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 what? Who's Humpty? What happened to Humpty? Victim of a tragedy. Victim of a tragedy. A representation of brokenness. Tragic. Consequences of a mistake. Why, were the, why was he up there? Doesn't he? Dang. Needed a sign. No eggs on wall. What a, what a, a brochure. Brochures? Health, you know. I can think of three possible responses to this tragic situation. The brokenness that's there. All the king's horses and all the king's men. Look at that bottom of the wall. Humpty has fallen. I kind of wonder if some of the folk in Haiti doing, you know, post-earthquake, post, you know, I, I think they might feel like they're putting an egg, a broken egg, you know. Where does the yolk, you know, yellow in it? And, and do you find all the, you know? We're children of the king, but putting it back together a broken egg is not an easy task. Very complex and difficult, right? I think sometimes there's a second response. Look down there. Let's eat. Let's eat, okay? Don't let it go to waste. Let's eat. There's some businessmen in Uganda that, after eating a mean and the, the pain and the brokenness of, of all, all of that, I think they said, let's eat. There's really a lot of money to be made. 
in some of these settings of, of brokenness and pain. And, and I'm not, you know, there are, I've never met missionaries who are, are there and, and just uh, their only job is, is to eat, is to survive in that setting. But um, I think it is a question we have to, to ask here. Are, are we just developing our careers, our work on, on, on that um, brokenness? The third response, I think it's a faithful one. How old was Humpty? Some of the communities that we worked with in Uganda, I felt like, yeah, there's brokenness, but Humpty was a little more mature than I thought we thought he was, and that there's not a mess of yuck and broken shell, and but, but there's someone getting ready to fly away. In, in, in Bali, I, I think that brokenness is an eagle. Man, it's going to soar. Because eggs, some other stuff happens in eggs. Might, might be a snake down at the bottom. Might be a chicken. Might be a, you know, who, you know, the, the poem doesn't tell us who Humpty is. But our faith says God has been to the place before we get there. He's, we just got to show up and, and, and he's, we're going to find he's already been there. And if he's not, you're not looking right. God has a plan for all cultures and races and peoples. And, and as a missiologist, you've got to look for redemptive analogies. And, and there's, there's um, the brokenness that, that is there um, by faith. The philosophies that I've, we've worked with in Uganda, uh, uh, Mission Moving Mountains, is now called uh, D4D, Discipling for Development, a ministry of the navigators, uh, transforming African communities through whole life discipleship. About 20 staff work in a bunch of uh, countries right now, all in Africa. And they think that um, development and discipleship really marry very well. The, the marriage of the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. That spiritual transformation is central to, to both processes. That incarnation, not just of Christ in our lives, but us incarnating in the cultures that we're a part of, to bring about transformation. Christ transforms us, and we can be a part of his transformational mission there. It comes through a wholeness and through an integration. turns out, I, mean, I don't feel like Jesus just saved my soul, I mean, I think he's interested in, in all of me and, and, and holistic integration. And that's expressed in a, in a community and that, that empowerment happens when those other pieces um, come together. Didn't bother to, take the, uh, to find the specific researchers, a group of sociologists that tried to ask the research question, who's the most influential person in history? And all of us would probably say, well... Answer that before you ask the question is, is Jesus. They had a bunch of criteria. What's influential in, uh, in history? And Muhammad turned out to be number one on their list, and Jesus was number two, but Paul was number three, and Peter was number five. And, and the, the, that I'm sure Paul was, and Peter would be very annoyed with that ranking, right? You know, because they, they would give glory to, to Jesus. But from a Outside perspective, because of the empowerment that Christ did in Paul, a sociologist can look at the impact of, of, of Christianity and say, that's not just Jesus, that, that's, that's Paul. Uh, I was in a workshop once. Keith Wright was with uh, World Neighbors. There's only about three white guys in the whole area at that point, and, and two of us were in the same room. It was the third day of this five-day workshop before I knew that he was the actual leader of it. He had so empowered the works, the, the Ugandans that he was training with, that um, and it was great, and that I didn't even know that he was actually had coordinated the, uh, the whole thing. He took this stuff very, very seriously. Um, a little bit more information. The second, um, we uh, began an organization, Mission Movie Mountains Uganda, and they still retain that. Um, title, um, and there's a lot more about them. Mission Movement Mountains Uganda now gets um, launders their U.S. money 
Uh, no, we probably shouldn't. Um, Global Horizons uh, Incorporated, some Bethel uh, seminary and university professors found all these great international students coming to Bethel and they developed contacts and they'd go back to home and start amazing things and people wouldn't give money because they couldn't get a tax deduction. And all that Dr. Clem and some others, I'm, I'm on the board now, is, was just facilitate. There's accountability and, you know, but um, so we work with 22 different um, Organizations all, all over the world with um, uh, local leaders uh, that have, have been here and, and returned as just a way uh, we do some fundraising for them. But, but a lot of it really is, is, is money laundering um, with receipt. But, oh, there's a, there's a real connection. I mean, we're, we're interested in, in social justice and uh, racial reconciliation and um, thinking that, that using the term reconciliation uh, very, very broadly. But at least for me, there's been a real connection over the years between community development um, and reconciliation in all of those different forms. So I wanted to bring that out. Um, Justin uh, and, um, sorry, I forgot to, Corbett in the poverty reduction, there's a, a, a distinction between relief, rehabilitation, and development. And the experts out there really kind of talk about it's very, very difficult for one individual or one organization to move from relief to rehabilitation to development. Now, most Christian organizations don't do rehabilitation. It's too expensive. But even to go from uh, relief to development is, is a very difficult process because in relief, the posture of, of the host people is to receive. But if the posture... Of, of Ugandans working with us was just to receive from us. I, development wouldn't have happened. Empowerment couldn't have happened. Secondly, the um, asset-based and needs-based, uh, Stan Rowland and, and many others are being it, the, that, that Humpty Dumpty at the bottom of the wall has some assets. And our discussion, our assessments uh, need to have um, by a positive spin um, to it, and then the advantage of participatory and emancipatory uh, approaches. The staff in, in Bali, Uganda, um, has been so it started in 1982 originally, um, and I'll talk about that more. But we've had as few as five staff and as many as 12. That is, it's a very small organization. And the rural Uganda, and we've even been criticized to have, have any staff. Um, but in Uganda context, you can ask a volunteer to assist with their own community for about a half day a week. But if you need a whole day a week or you need, it's, it's just unrealistic for you to, to ask for volunteers for more than that. On the other hand, even if a spirit of volunteerism isn't present in the culture or isn't dominant in a particular uh, culture that you're working in, people can help, can and should help. No one, no one should feel guilty about helping their, their clan and their family. And in so many societies where there is a community present, um, asking people to help their own communities. So, so community health workers are volunteers under our scheme. We don't pay community health workers, but we also have to, to train enough community health workers that they can do what they need to do in a half a day a week. We can't, and so for us, um, about 25, 30, maybe 40 homes, we needed a health worker. Every 40 homes, at least. And if they were more dispersed, 25, if the households were more, more dispersed, because you can't expect a volunteer community health worker, community health evangelist, to um, spend five days a week full time um, helping even his own community. So if you have 500 homes, one health worker for 500 homes, that, that's a mismatch that's going to be counterproductive over time. Okay? But some paid staff that, that coordinated um, and, and facilitated the training, um, they, they were paid. Many of our staff have uh, primary high school education, um, 
There is a, one uh, Bachelor of Science in Agriculture uh, clinical officer, which would be equivalent of a PA here, uh, and one, a headmaster of a school. They were pastor types, um, interested in health. Um, there were farmers, and the women activists have always been the st- uh, strongest and best uh, staff as an example, Mayanku started out in 84, and he's still going strong. I don't know how old John is, but it's, it's 70 um, or so. And he learned the integrity and, and development the hard way. A, a Ugandan police officer during Idi Amin and post uh, uh, Idi Amin, a little, little, little bit of uh, uh, corruption and uh, uh, problems uh, with that, but uh, just really, really strong. There have been some... Uh, positives about having uh, primary education uh, be sort of this, the minimal standard for our our staff, but um, there are so in a, in a community setting, there's le- there are fewer barriers for someone who has the same educational level as the people you're working with, if um, if if there's the same um, the community and the Health worker, the trainer, or the same educational level. On the other hand, when you want, you're writing grants or you're uh, sending these same trainers to Nigeria or to, to doing other things, you, we kind of wished we had a, a, uh, some, some more professionals um, um, on our staff. At one point, these 12 people at the time went for six months without any pay whatsoever and still stayed full time. As a group, they decided they're working for God, not for MMM. You don't want, as you're developing a sustainable project, um, you don't want to withhold folks' salary for six months just to check their motivation. You know, that, that, that would be cruel and unusual punishment. But in this natural, um, very unfortunate natural experience, they, they came up with the decision, you know, we're, we're working for God, not, not for the organization. And so they continued to do the work even though the organization messed it up. In order to do that, they formed a, a, their own development group to practice what they're um, preaching. And this staff over time has just amazing, amazing stewardship. Purchased a t- used Toyota pickup, Two of them, one Toyota, one of Mitsubishi, in 1992, and they're still on the road. Last summer, last January, I drove the Toyota, um, 356,000 kilometers of rural Ugandan roads. Um, the, the, the vehicle stewardship of stuff is, is a sentinel, it's an indicator of commitment to the, I mean, it's really easy to mess up stuff um, in, in, in the setting, in the setting of, of, of poverty. But um, their running vehicles, uh, I just says, says really a lot about ingenuity, their faith, their integrity, and their ownership of the work. They didn't get this sense that, oh, Dave's going to, you know, I can do whatever I want to do with this truck because Dave's just going to buy me a new one. Okay? It was their truck. There was an owner. Has anyone worked enough? Does this, does this ring true as a, as a sentinel event for staff ownership of a, of a project, of, a, of an idea? Have you traveled enough internationally? Okay. Um, I'm going to skip that slide. What they, what they did, they were first language helpers and cultural guides for us, and now I get to bring, my wife and I both get to bring students. So now they're language helpers and cultural guides for the students, but they are mentors or trainers, uh, discipleship for del- development. They helped facilitate the learning process for community health workers, traditional birth attendants, for leaders of income-generating activity groups, for agri- volunteer agricultural extension uh, agencies, agents for uh, women um, in, in leadership, all sorts of stuff, as well as uh, lead Bible study and do specific leadership um, training that we believe that the process of discipleship and the process of development are the same, same process. We don't become fully recognize the lordship of Christ in our, in our lives the day after we become a Christian, the day after, after we're saved. There's, it's a process um, of maturity and the process of um, development. So 
Mission Movie Mountains USA has merged with the Navigators now. Um, it's been a, a fruitful partnership um, so far, and it, it's kind of cool because it wasn't that, – that the merger happened on that side. Of, the ideas were generated on that side of the pond. The Navigator staff in uh, Kenya especially, but also Uganda, said – Man, we're just, we're just, people are really getting mature and understanding the Lordship of Christ, but they need to understand how to farm and how to take care of their health and how to improve their water, and, and we, need it, we need it to be more holistic than straight-up discipleship. And um, it took a little while, but the leadership here uh, listened to their staff in Africa, and the, the merger uh, has happened. These same trainers are now international trainers or mentors, mentors or consultants because this program has become not just sustainable, you know, you, you can be of a particular size, you're sustainable because you're petrified, perhaps. N- not, not because you're a vibrant, growing, uh, reproducing um, activity, but these um, um, village-level folks uh, have worked, uh, have been trainers with the navigators in, in D4D in Nigeria, Sudan, Congo, Ghana, Kenya, Rwanda, uh, Malawi and in different parts of Uganda. A little annoying to me because sometimes they're neglecting the, the ministries in, in, in Bali town because um, they're always they're in, su- in such demand from other other organizations. So, but it's, so it's been hard to replace them. It's been hard to expand the number of staff. No one's kind of figured out what really works better: the professional staff or a village level staff. Uh, we really want and need women's staff, but they keep getting pregnant, or they're, you know, I mean, you know, their their husbands, you know, put limitations on them. It's, oh, it's just, you know, um, and you know, plus the, some of the cultural um, uh, differences. Uh, we would like to impose more women leadership on that organization. A because. There's neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, um, but also because the women are so much more effective. Women do all the work in Uganda and get none of the credit. It's just amazing, amazing. Um, if you're farming uh, your field um, by hand with a hoe, that's women's work. If you're farming with the tribe that I work with, if you're farming your field with a tractor, that's man's work. But tractors are kind of hard, expensive and, hard, and hard, hard to come by, right? So what if there's this middle road? The Mennonites have some amazing cattle-drawn plows, finest steel, sharp, long-lasting, extraordinarily well-built. So we're in all in the process of getting these, these uh, and they got lots of cows, so we're going to have the fields plowed with cattle and really, really... But it turns out plowing is done by men, whether it's in a tractor or, you know. And so the, the guys in the communities would say, well, this is a no-brainer. Is it, is it easier for me to get my plow, fields plowed with just my wife, my wives doing it already? Or should I invest in this plow? Well, my wives are doing They're fine. I don't need to invest in the plow. And so it was a, an innovation that up to date has completely, completely failed uh, because of some of the gender uh, Differences. I don't mean to to, be, to beat up on you know um, men, but I'm a nurse and, and and I see the efficacy of women in our culture and in many others. Current staff know that the salary is irregular, and they're willing to do that. But it's harder to ask a new person come on board. Oh, by the way, you might not get paid for six months, but you'll 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 you'll, you'll you know it's hard. So uh, it's, you can't start with that level of commitment. Motive is hard to judge. They're better at. You know, judging motive than, than we as visitors are, but it's still even hard for them. They, in other words, they've gotten schnookered um, a, a few times with uh, staff. So they have volunteers. They're volunteers in that setting are actually paid a, li- um, a little bit, and they, and they have interns as, as a way of staff uh, recruitment that, that uh, I th- personally think is a great. But even after many years, they, that, that group still strives for societal legitimacy. I'm sure in Christ's eye, they're, they're great. But they get the executive director gets asked, why doesn't he have a driver? Well, I don't want to pay a driver. If I want to pay a trainer, I want to pay a woman's trainer, not a, not, not a driver. But not having a driver diminishes his um, status in society. And he doesn't care, but it diminishes the organizational 
status in society. Um, so community outcomes. That was staff. Now moving to community. We had a blast. Did we do any good? By 92, so from 86 um, through 92, there was at least some Wazungu, at least some uh, Euro-Americans um, present. Um, and two things have happened since we all moved on. All activities have com- continued. Health worker training, all, all activities have continued, number one. Number two, all activities have changed, evolved, and matured, not set in concrete. Uh, they work more with pastors as change a- a- agents. They're combining the health and ag instead of doing two separate um, trainings. They're, they're actually more holistic um, than we are. And so just, uh, you know, a measure of sustainability is that, you know, we've initiated ideas, and they're still going, but they are, are, um, have also changed. Well, that's just my, me telling you, but my uh, bride of 30, almost 32 years now um, did her dissertation looking at quantitative and qualitative outlines um, the, of, of the project in Bali, uh, did full, full, complete baseline surveys in 89. There's a, a real partial one in 87 as well. Some of that data we're able to use. And then complete full uh, in 91, again, every home in every um, community. In Lumasaba, not, that's not our data, it's community data. Uh, I would have asked a whole lot of questions deeper, uh, differently. Uh, it takes, you know, just, you know, send out an email and do an internet survey uh, in, in this setting. You have to know, to do a random sample, these, these were the full, full baseline, so we did every home um, in the community. A random sample, you have to have some way to randomize that. Well, you have to have a map. So you have to do a long community process to figure out, okay, where are all the homes? Who's going to, you know, and so you can draw, you know, some way uh, randomize those houses and um, then uh, do the survey with 10% of of the homes. Um, Then since then, we've done the new communities. Any new area that we started in, uh, random survey has also been in. My bride did... uh, very specific qualitative interviews of community members in both 96 and 92. So it's a triangulated study with um, uh, lo- uh, longitudinal uh, quantitative data and um, cross-sectional uh, qualitative interviews. Um, research questions, did the health innovations introduced uh, last over time, and what factors made the de- uh, development sustainable? Um, these initial numbers um, just are N there. And the survey, um, ch- child nutritional status, immunization status, women, uh, numbers of women's and immunization status in women, uh, family planning knowledge, uh, or ORS knowledge, um, folks reporting a death within 12 months, um, safe drinking water, and then the 14 points of a healthy home, um, which uh, CHE, Community Health uh, Evangelist folks have, have talked about it. And again, from a public health standpoint, some of these don't, wouldn't make that much difference in, you know, into the real health. But it's community data. It's community interest. Their definition of what, what is a, a healthy home, um, you know, and, you know, a clothes wire, it, that really does make some sense. If you put your blouse on the, the ground and these little bug, bugs come up in it or you lay it on a bush, you get a different, different kind of bugs. But if you have a, a, a clothesline, that is actually a, a symbol of development and um, uh, the, the clothes, uh, some of the dermal uh, contact is, is diminished. Okay. The comp- this isn't rocket science. Comparisons show a pattern of greater increases of the innovation over time. Okay. We proposed these innova- inter- innovations. They accepted them and continue to accept them. And then the control village, um, training, groups, and leadership are all critical to developing sustainable um, development. That especially the groups 
part, involvement in a group was a statistically significant uh, indicator of improvement. And sometimes it didn't matter whether that group was a Bible study group or the women's group or just a a grouping of uh, 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 CHWs or if it was the income generating group. Uh, Places where uh, those uh, members, and again, these are all new groups. I mean, they they had drinking clubs and and some other social uh, groups before that, and we asked about those as well. And that involvement in a drinking club does not uh, enhance um, the healthiness of of the home. Um, Funny about that. But but the the other group uh, stuff, I mean, in in this culture, when you think about how relational, how wonderful, you know, together they, they are, if we want to improve the health of these communities, we have to to facilitate group formation. What, what groups? Uh, the good news is that it didn't seem to matter which kinds of group. It didn't have to be a Bible study group. Uh, it, it really could be uh, an income generating group or a farming group or a savings club. Okay? Um, the, some of the uh, healthy home uh, innovations. So this one is the, use the mouse here. I uh, didn't bring a laser pointer. So this is the control um, group. So from uh, some of the communities, um, by 2006, 100, nearly 100% of them were using um, safe water uh, compared to 40% uh, in the non-intervention uh, village. Uh, bathing shelters, uh, again, just keeping uh, the coal form a little further away from the drinking water by uh, having an uh, external ba- bathing shelter. Not all the communities kept that innovation. In the um, 98 data, virtually all of these communities were up at the nearly 100%. But that was an innovation. Termites, termites eat everything. And so the bathing shelters would, would get eaten and not get rebuilt. Um, dish racks, um, again, they got built. Um, initially, it was near 100% in 98 and uh, uh, dropped off uh, way off. Clothes wires seemed to be... Um, and then uh, a, a rubbish pit from you know zero um, to a, a high of 60% of the homes having rubbish pits. Um, diarrheal deaths. So each different village uh, from a low of, of the intervention uh, communities, a, a low of 62% to high of uh, 90-some percent of um, that had latrines and the village where MMM staff uh, and there hadn't been any community health workers or community development activities, um, uh, 25%. Um, this uh, Nabuea village here uh, originally went from uh, 2% um, in 89 to um, 98% latrine usage in 91 and then dropped off um, um, substantially um, so still some. So it's not not a perfect uh, improvement, but two percent to ninety eight percent to uh, to sixty four percent. Even even that is some. Um, don't don't have time for that story. Um, nutritional status: children, kids one to five. Again, uh, mid mid arm circumference. Uh, I didn't know this, but the 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 middle of the arm. Um, is the same size in kids age one to almost five. Okay? Okay. A two-year-old has the same mid-arm average, median arm circumference as a four-year-old. So you can measure the experienced people, know exactly how many centimeters their fingers are, and just go around, and they, and they can survey hundreds of kids at a, at a refugee camp, at an IDP camp, and just... A, just uh, a uh, few minutes, and the, the stats uh, as a screening um, tool, it's both um, specific and sensitive to um, overall malnutrition. Pretty, pretty low tech, so uh, don't make any money on it here, so we don't use it. But um, the uh, Uganda is a pearl of Africa. It's, it's, it's an amazing. But still, uh, in, the, in, the, in 2006, after the war has been over for a lot, a lot of years, uh, and stuff, and in this area, no new war had started. Um, still, half the kids um, are uh, malnourished uh, versus no none of the kids um, 
in uh, Bushanji. And the, the control village, uh, again, the, um, not just fair, medium, and, but the poor, significant uh, malnutrition, almost 30% of the, of the kids. And so this, you know, none of the other, they didn't find a single severely malnourished um, child in any of the other 17 um, communities. All of the malnourished um, children were in this um, the control village, okay? Um, immunization rate, um, again, much more uh, highly immunized uh, in the um, areas. The um, deaths, um, so there's not very many deaths in most of the, the villages, none in 12 months in uh, Bululero, um, but, and, and they're all, my wife was comprehensive on this. It was her dissertation. It was all uh, controlled for uh, size of village uh, and stuff. So even though these are numbers and not percentage, um, you know, 30 deaths compared to zero deaths in the same um, kind of, uh, in the same number of, of people. Um, anyway, the, the, so the, the, so community impact uh, was present. Health, uh, health improved by uh, reasonable uh, public health measures, and it was sustainable. The qualitative um, component, again, that's just, it's not very exciting uh, uh, for y'all, but development is self-reliant, holistic learning process that results in improved quality of life, building people and communities. Development brings hope to people's lives. And this isn't the research, this isn't, th th this is, um, Massive amounts of qualitative uh, 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 data analyzed very, very carefully. Uh, I'm proud of my wife uh, in this process. Uh, her um, dissertation, uh, she won the National Dissertation Award in International um, Adult Education um, in 2006. Um, it, it was, her dissertation was the, 2007 was the, was the, best uh, dissertation in the United States in that area, um, this triangulated uh, qual and quant. Way too much work. Don't, 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 uh, if you choose your doctoral, uh, don't uh, choose to triangulate your data unless you've got really nothing else to do. So that's the, the, the community impact stuff. So I tried to go through the philosophy of the organizations, grassroots, um, community health and development uh, on an empowerment model, and then um, it, it has worked. The staff are still there um, and working, and community outcomes uh, are, are measurable. I think that the corporate board of Uganda finding some leaderships who aren't leadership folk who aren't um, uh, at the staff level was was vitally important. Um, we didn't show up till '86, and there had been missionaries for since '82 there. They got like nothing done. Turns out you have two or three wars and coup d'etats in there. Really messes up your training uh, schedule. Okay, Uganda was a, a, a messy, uh, a messy place, and um, but those missionaries hung in there. They developed trust and relationship with key leaders. Bishop uh, Wesonga, amazing, amazing um, person. And they still feel kind of bad. Gee, we didn't get a, we didn't get nearly as much done during our um, terms there as as you guys did, uh, but we couldn't have done what we did uh, with, without the leadership of this um, corporate board. They incorporated the board, uh, they incorporated and set rules of engagement. There's only one Muzungu, uh, one, one expat allowed uh, on, on the board. It's their, it's their board. Uh, they always handled the money. I never had to determine salary or benefits. I never paid a staff. I had a housekeeper. I paid her. But the, the professional staff, um, again, there are organizations out there where you, the, 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 the expatriate holds the checkbook until the day you're leaving. And then you give it over, give it away, and you're surprised when the financial systems that are in place are different than when you were doing them. Um, because of the other missionaries that had been there, Woo! We, Bishop, handled um, all that. 
the staff wanted to receive one-fourth of their salary every week and the rest on a monthly basis. In Uganda, if you have money in your pocket and someone, a family member, asks you for it, you have to give it out. So they, they weren't able to, to grow beyond that because so they, they get enough of their salary just to get by. And then sometimes they even go two and three months requesting to not be paid that other chunk. And so then, you know, if they needed to buy a cow or something, they, they bring the guy selling the cow to our office, and the, and the ED would pay them. So they didn't ever, ever touch the money because of uh, they walked out the compound, walked out of the house. They might, somebody might ask to, you know, for some money. And I would have never figured that out. Bishop knew, Bishop knew the, the culture. Uh, uh, and, and was able to sort of, uh, you know, able to figure um, that out. Uh, our, our friends in Cure in Abali, Uganda, really struggle because the nurses sometimes sleep at night. Okay? Culturally, a woman can't go home and sleep during the day. Just, it's just not done. They have too many other responsibilities, even if they are full-time employees. Anyway, um, the, uh, I, don't, I don't think the board ever knew that the missionaries were actually providing um, the, all of the money that paid all of the staff, we provided. They didn't know about it, and, and it was just that for us. That was a great um, a difference. But then we moved into a board development pay, phase, and but I think that the key board development was taking the time to know these individuals. It's a relationship-based culture. Secondly, um, they can do financial accounting and encouragement of the staff without any particular training when you have the right leaders, the motivation to do a good job was based on their Christian maturity and personal relationships. We wasted just a ton of effort on uh, neglecting staff training and community training because we just, you know, wanted, and, and, you know, an organizational consultant came in and said, oh, they're the leaders, you got to, well, all that they really needed to do was provide financial accountability and encouragement. So if you're forming indigenous organizations, um, you know, you're, you're, it reinforced the hierarchy, and you know you were, we were trying to train physicians or nurses of our community health workers. Why were we trying to train the board members to be the same board mem- kind of board member here? You know, any of you, some of you are old enough to be on, you on any boards. Is one of the reasons you're on a on a board is because you have one of, one of these, or uh, and the, you know board development is a lot a lot of times about hitting those folks up for money. Um, and I think MMM International wanted to build a board that, I mean, because we wanted sustainability, and some of the, the people do have money, and, and now they do give. But uh, anyway, just it's the board development's a very different process. Um, they do this sort of stuff, but they also had to reprimand us. Okay, they, you know, um, some rebels came through one time, and they they had a great story. I, they had a they had an amazing story, and I helped them out with a you know with a with a pile uh, of money. Like a year later, a policeman shows up in my door, and uh, here's a missionary aiding and, and abetting an insurgent uh, in the movement against. Um, and the the board members had a uh, talk with me. That was that's an ideal. The board chair has to sign every withdrawal of cash. And that's not our idea. That's, that's their definition of what accountability is. It's like it would be very, very tedious. Um, but, um, the, again, it's their board. They decide how it's run. They affirm strategic planning and documents. Again, some boards, it's the board members that guide strategic planning. Here it's a staff model in the staff um, they're in the field. They're the ones who decide um, what activities to do, and the uh, board just aff- affirms that. Um, how many hours are in the day? We made this radical disco- discovery in Uganda that there were only 24, and when we were trying to do, you know, I had this physician and nurse. We tried to do curative services, preventive services, spiritual health, administrative activities, funding, donor maintenance, personal and family life, that there weren't that many hours in the day. We were doctrinaire. Community-based healthcare peoples, we omit omit curative. We lost a whole mission movement. Lost a whole lot of physicians along the way. 
um, because they wanted to – they had this, several weeks of training. I think it takes quite a while to get through medical school, and sometimes you even have some bills. After. And so the, the security services are important to many of our uh, uh, staff. And, you know, for years, MMM said no because there's only 24 hours in a day. There are only 24 hours a day. And some other organizations neglected fundraising. They ran out of money. They neglected their family. Their kids got pissed, uh, upset with them. They uh, neglected spiritual health. You know, five years later, it's, it's, it's just purely a secular uh, organization. We all go out and can do community development. You only have 24 hours a day. And these are big chunks. It takes longer to live. Uh, and these are big, big activities. And if you're still involved uh, in community services, uh, curative services, uh, and you want to do some health uh, preventive services, community health worker training and stuff, uh, j just be realistic. Acts 1.8. We're supposed to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, right? Okay. You going to Jerusalem? It's direct command from 1.8. Acts 1.8. You'd like to, good. But you wouldn't have to. Um, sorry, I didn't write that in there. Go to your own culture. Go to cultures that are a little bit different than yours. Or go to cultures that are completely different than your own. It takes a different set of skills. I can work in a culture that's completely different from my own. I'm actually less good here in Jerusalem I'll just watch and time and that sort of stuff, like I'm running out of time right now. Evaluate your skills. We, in order to get missionary funding, we, our industry, builds up and exalts the folk who work in a completely different culture than their own. I, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of uncomfortable uh, with, with that. That uh, it's, it's, it's helpful you know, people don't want to um, fund you to, to, to go work in West St. Paul, you know, when I'm from East, East St. Paul. But um, anyway, evaluate your skills um, in that. The, the missionaries involved, um, we had three families on our team. Uh, Dr. Hip was a, uh, an MD, MPH. His wife had her uh, Master's Divinity. Um, I was an RN. Um, no advanced degrees at that point. My wife uh, just had her MDiv. We had a, a soil scientist um, and a master's level um, educator. We learned the language and the culture. The incarnational piece is important to us. Um, Dr. Hip, nine months, he's out in the, in the community. He's preaching. He's teaching. He's, you know, took me 18 months of full-time language learning. And, you know, it took Barbie two years. Okay? Um, but you need to... I. I would, some of you need to do that. Not, every, not everybody, but um, the incarnational piece. Um, find, we're told to find three to six protégés. We're the mentors, they're the protégés. Work with them for four years to six years and leave, okay? Uh, there's other, lots of other different strategies. This was uh, uh, just of, of, of our strategy. Jesus did a, uh, 12 folk in just three years, and so most of us try to do 40 or 50 per year. Um, I, I don't know. I think MMS real, was a little more realistic. With uh, they, they really just expected us to to mentor um, uh, about six people over a six-year period. For me, we fought. We we had a radical definition of team, and and uh, we're all. You know, in order to be independent enough to move to Uganda, the, we didn't even know the war was still on, but in 86, there was, it was still civil war. You know, by the way, it's a, you really get a lot of street credibility when you're there. So figure out when the war is just about to end and then move into that, uh, to, to that country. Uh, sharpen your crystal ball. Get the gift of prophecy. Just as it's about to end, go move there uh, or go, go work there because then you get this great street credibility. But we, we just had a, such a radical uh, definition of team. But, you know, there's cultural differences. Dang, Americans, they would spend any amount of money to save a little bit of time. But those Aussies, they would spend any amount of money, to, any minute of time, to save a little bit of money. The cultural differences that, that a nurse and a physician had, that uh, teamwork was, was tough. Um, 
we made it, and thank God for amnesia. I look back, and it's just all beautiful now. Uh, you know, that's why uh, women have more than one baby, too, right? Amnesia can be an absolutely wonderful thing. But God used those challenges in our, in our lives. He just seems to still be interested in my own development. You know, I don't know why he's invested so much in, in me. I'm not sure he's getting that good a return. Uh, we phased out. It was wonderful for us. Everybody else would leave, and i get to hang out with uh, uh, other um, staff and, and people. Um, there was someone around for consultation, but we didn't, uh, were distant enough. A bunch of us start, we're, oh, we're leaving in four months. I've got to get this done before I, and we started all sorts of stuff. Uh, each, each, each couple started a whole bunch of new things in their project area right before we were going to leave, and all of them failed. Community process is still community process. We get to go back and visit. Stevenson's have gone back, uh, HIPS, my research, uh, and uh, my wife's research, but we, we bring student visitors now. We've, uh, I've done two, and my wife's done uh, five trips from North Central University. I'm getting ready to do 36 senior nursing students for a month in January, and we got rotations in uh, Malago Hospital in Midwifery and at Cure Hospital in Peds and the Community Health uh, in Development, and they're out on the island with Jesus Film. Um, and um, I may be, may be getting out of hand. Anyway, um, we're all still engaged in, in a very significant um, Christian services, um, I, I should just stop here to respect your, your time. Um, sorry about that. Um, we still provide, there's three sources of money. Um, there's a guest house and uh, a rental house that they get some money for. Um, the international training, they actually charge uh, for that consultation uh, service, and we get a, they get a few grants. And then we um, have a little group, about 1000 bucks a month, <clears throat> um, my, uh, my wife and I, our friends, give about a thousand bucks a month. It costs about three thousand dollars a month um, to keep these ten, uh, ten staff um, uh, full time, um, and um, it was a little bit more than that to keep um, the three missionary families um, fully staffed um, per month. Okay. Thank you.